six minutes after the hour on the Around the House program. Good to have you with us here on a snowy Saturday here in uh, Colorado Springs. We're so glad you're with us. We'd love it if you check in with us. Call whatever is going on around that special place that you call home. You can get a hold of us at 719-473-1240. My name is Ken Moon. We'll be here uh, for a couple hours as we have been uh, virtually every Saturday for 30 plus years now in our 30 First year doing this program on a on a Saturday. Hope you had a good week. Did you have a good week, Chris? Pretty good? Pretty much so. Okay, good. None of them is perfect, but that's okay. Anyway, lots to cover today. Lots of um, comments I want to make about the stories in the news and and uh, some issues about natural gas and, and all that. So we'll, we'll talk about it. and Not much EV news this week. Well, there is a little Ford... Uh, has a F-150 Lightning EV truck, and they're not selling well, so they're going to cut production by 50%. People, they won't listen to me. People don't want EVs. Particular People that want EVs have pretty much bought them. I'm not sure there's a big new market for them, but I guess time will tell. Anyway, do you remember the Hollywood Squares? You ever watch the Hollywood Squares, Chris? There, this is a list. I don't know who sent this to me. I wish, I always love to give credit for people that send me emails, but... For those of us who remember the Hollywood Squares, these are some great uh, questions and answers. And there's um, uh, several 15, 20-minute videos on YouTube of Hollywood Squares question and answers. One of them is Paul Lind only because he was the guy in the center square who was so funny. And it's hard to tell how much how many of those are spontaneous and how many are scripted. But most of them, I think, were spontaneous. He was a really funny guy. Okay, for instance, <laughs> the question, do female frogs croak? Paul Lynn says, if you hold their little hands, heads under water long enough, yes, they do. Okay, that's, that's the, if you're going to make a parachute jump, how high should you be? Charlie Weaver said, three days of steady drinking should do it. <laughs> Let's see, question, true or false, a pea can last as long as 5,000 years. George Goebbels said, boy, it sure seems that way sometimes. Let's see. Question. You've been having trouble going to sleep. Are you probably a man or a woman? Don Knotts says, that's what been, that's been keeping me awake. That's good, too. According to Cosmopolitan, if you meet a stranger at a party and you think that he is attractive, is it okay to come out and ask him if he's married? Rosemary said, no, wait until the morning. Yeah, Rosemary was a sketch. Which of your five senses tends to diminish as you get older? Charlie Weaver, the old guy, said, my sense of decency. Uh, Paul, <laughs> why do hell's angels always wear leather? Paul then said, because chiffon wrinkles too easily. I like that one. Let's see. In bowling, what's a perfect score? Rosemary said, Ralph the pin boy. That's pretty cute. Anyway, let's see. There's, oh, there's a few more of these. I thought that was it, but let's see. During a tornado, are you safer in the bedroom or in the closet? Rosemary said, unfortunately, Peter, I'm always safe in the bedroom. This one is so clever. Maybe my favorite. If you were pregnant for two years, what would you give birth to? Paul Lynn said, whatever it is, it would never be afraid of the dark. <laughs> According to Ann Landers, is there anything wrong with getting into the habit of kissing a lot of people? Charlie Weaver said, that's what got me out of the army. Good one. Uh, back in the old days, when Great Grandpa put horseradish on his head, what was he trying to do? Which I, I assume the answer is get rid of, uh, you know, uh, ticks or whatever. But 
Uh, what's the thing you get in your hair? Um, what, what is it? No, 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 no the little bugs. What, what oh. are you? Um, lice. Lice. There, I'm sure that's what the answer really is. Okay. Back in the old days, when great-grandpa put horseradish on his head, what was he trying to do? George goes, says, get it in his mouth. Make, makes. <laughs> who stays pregnant for a longer period of time? Your wife or your elephant? Paul then says, who told you about my elephant anyway? Um, the last one. Uh, when a couple, this is na- naughty, but it's okay. When a couple have a baby, who's responsible for its sex? Charlie Weaver. I'll lend him the car. The rest is up to him. That's isn't that awful. Anyway, those are kind of cute. But if you if you want to, if you're feeling a little down or a little, you know, the day's not going all that well, go to YouTube and click on Paul Lynn videos, Hollywood Squares, and I guarantee you, you're gonna feel better when it's all over. Um, I posted something this week on my website, which I really encourage you to watch. It's a video. It's about six minutes long. Uh, it's it's by the, by the Kite and Key Foundation, which is an organization devoted to energy. You know, Kite and Key, Ben Franklin kind of thing, energy sensible solutions to our energy issues and so on. So it's called Energy Density: Why Physics Matters. Okay, we've talked about this many times on the program, and I'd love it if you take a look at. As I say, six minutes or so. Go to my website, AroundTheHouse.com. There's a section there called Show Stuff, which is the the items that I talk about here on the show. Uh, and um, just click on it. And uh, six minutes, I think it's a very common sense video, uh, talks about, as we've discussed before, why energy density matters. That, that, you know, one pickup truck full of uranium is equal to 50 carloads of coal or 10,000 windmills and 20. 20,000 acres of solar panel, th- those kinds of things, the equivalent energy density for various kinds of energy. And it's very eye-opening, and you'll see where where we need to go when it comes to uh, the energy concerns that we have today. But it's a great little video, aroundthehouse.com. Click on Show Stuff, and you'll see it right there in the top of the heap. In that, partic- in that section of Show Stuff, if you want to know about aluminum wiring, about radon, about furnaces, about lead paint asbestos those kinds of things uh there's some kind of i i think common sense answers to those kinds of issues uh in that uh in that website in that show stuff uh blog area which is fairly it's fairly long you have to dig pretty deep but you can do a keyword search on that so thought you might enjoy that it's a great video a lot of common sense Easy to understand and not too long. You know, you sometimes videos go on and on and you lose the lose the thread. 719-473-1240 is our contact line. Um, this one is a good question because a lot of you are in older homes, and Julia is, and she says her foundation has several cracks in it. Who do I contact to inspect it and maybe fix the uh, fix the problems? Well, you may not need to contact anybody. Rub your hands over the cracks. And that's if that that's the first thing you do with concrete cracks. If they're flat, that is they're not stepped out and away from the wall, then I wouldn't really more worry about them. Foundations shift a little, moisture comes and goes and the soil swells and shifts and all that temperature changes, thermal changes in concrete. It's very sensitive to thermal, hot and cold kinds of things. Uh, as long as the cracks are even and smooth, 
and no wider than about an eighth of an inch or so, they're probably benign. The steel rebar inside, that's why we have rebar inside the concrete walls, steel rods that kind of hold everything together. Together, If, if there's no moisture weeping out of these cracks, Julia, if uh, or not, not a lot of mold or, or salt stains around them, they're probably fine. Just normal cracks that develop as a house shifts around. So I wouldn't really worry about it. On the other hand, if the cracks are... are stepped in and out one is farther into the room than the other if you know what i mean there's a bump there when you run your hand over it then that might or or there's moisture coming out of the cracks or evidence of prior moisture yeah that's a little different story you might want to get a a home inspector licensed con i'd try a home inspector first because you'll spend the least amount of money home inspector uh contractor licensed engineer to take a look at them uh, usually these are all water related so if you take care of the water outside the drainage the downspouts and fill the cracks with some kind of no shrink grout or hydraulic cement usually uh, they're going to be fine but in an older home most most of the uh, cracks i've seen in foundations inside or out by the way are nice and flat and that's fine that means the the structural integrity of the wall is okay and the rebar is holding everything together so not to really worry usually this is not a a huge issue in older homes now we do worry a little bit you have a brand new house you know you've been in it a few months and we start to get cracks and if they appear relatively quickly eh, that's a little different story than of course you if you're a newer home you want to talk to the builder but we worry if the cracks develop quickly uh that's more serious than slowly okay so that's kind of the rule of thumb 719-473-1240 we'll take a break we'll be back right after this right here on around the house well here's a commercial for wayne dalton sales and service you know the most famous name in garage doors wayne dalton and here's a few testimonies off of google reviews i thought you might want to hear this is from tony had our garage door installed today by noble he was very professional knowledgeable did a great job everything looks awesome a plus 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 very professional great installer says cliff aaron says amazing and fast service fix the problem works like brand new so there you go testimonies from homeowners just like you about wayne dalton sales and service now we said before garage doors don't have to look boring they have some great doors that are on sale now the impression the wood grain impression plank door is on sale for 150 off a double or 75 off a single Call Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, and you'll put a good review up there for them at Google like those folks did. So Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 1847 South Murray, or call 719-382-9227. That's 719-382-9227. From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 20 minutes after the hour on the Around the House program. I forgot to remind you during that commercial that the Wayne Dalton Garage Door people and Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, they have a booth at the Home Show, which is this weekend at the Norris Penrose uh, Center, booth 225. If you want to stop by and uh, please tell them you heard about it on the radio. And they'll have some samples of the kind of garage doors that they have. The garage doors are are uh, a great way to kind of make a statement about the front of your house. They they have traditional con- contemporary styles, and you can get a 
a nice new garage door, replace the ugly old clunker you have now. Booth 225 at the Norris Pen. I guess that's today and tomorrow, huh, for the show. Um, uh, it's a home show. Anyway, you can run up there and take a look at the Wayne Dalton Sales and Service Booth 225. Let's see here. What do we got? Tom says, uh, have old aluminum siding. That's interesting, Tom. Most metal siding here in the Rockies, you know, remember that? You ever see the movie Tin Men? with uh, Danny DeVito and um, who else is in that? Um, John Mahoney, who was in Cheers, is in that. And, oh, uh, Richard Dreyfus. Those are the two stars of Tin Men. They sold aluminum siding back in on the East Coast. But out here, most metal siding is steel only because it's much more hail-proof. Uh, aluminum siding tends to be a little vulnerable to hail because it's a little uh, a little softer, if you will, than than the steel siding that we use out here. Anyway, Tom says, I have aluminum siding. Can I paint it? Uh, generally, the answer is yes. You'll have to power wash it first to get that. Uh, usually, the surface of these um, uh, of metal sidings over a while will oxidize. And you might just power wash it, and it brightens it up, and it might look okay. You may not want to replace it, but that's the first thing you have to do um, with uh, with metal siding if you're going to refinish it. Uh, priming is a big deal. You have to use the right uh, primer, paint primer. Uh, you have to do a couple of coats of it. A name brand paint store like Sherwin-Williams and those people can recommend a metal. Usually there's zinc oxide metal primers that you can use. Um, and uh, the top coat can be anything. can be a good acrylic latex exterior paint that you would use on, say, masonite type siding. But... Um, uh, elastomeric paint with aluminum siding might be a better choice because it has a more rubbery uh, formulation and can uh, shrink and expand as the temperature changes because aluminum is very sensitive to temperature changes. So there's some ideas for you, but power wash it first. You may just be thinking it looks kind of drab and dingy because of the oxidation, which it probably does, and you might get some of that color back that you've been missing uh, if not, primer and then the top coat. But the right primer is a big deal. So check in with a paint store. You, you could do Home Depot or Lowe's if you wanted to. But I like name brand paint stores when it comes to esoteric kind of painting where it isn't that straightforward about the products that you want to use. So that would be a good idea to do that. So anyway, yeah, you can. Uh, but you have to prep it really well. Of course, all paint jobs come down to preparation. Uh, whatever you use to, as a primer undercoating for all paint jobs is a big deal. Uh, that's because that determines how the job's gonna gonna finish up. The primer is the key for most uh, most paint jobs. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty is the telephone number. We have live email today at aroundthehouse.com. Uh, let's see here. Linda says I have an older electric water heater. I've heard you talk about draining. The tank, like once a year, how do I do this? Well, <clears throat> the recommendation about draining water heaters is uh, pretty much for gas water heaters. They, they you know, the, the gas water heater, the burner is on the bottom. And if you have a layer of sediment inside the tank, that can uh, slow down and make the, the heat transfer less efficient. So you want to drain those about once a year, if, especially if you're in an area now. One way to tell if you need to do this or not is to look in your toilet tanks. Generally, city water, I can speak for Colorado Springs, but other 
municipalities, they filter their water pretty well, and there's not a lot of sediment or foreign material in the water. If, on the other hand, if you're on a small community water system or on your on a private well, you tend to have more foreign-type material uh, in the water. It can accumulate in a layer in the bottom of your toilet tanks. So that's a good indication. If you want to drain your gas water heater once a year, that's a good idea. With electric water heaters, Linda, it's um, not really necessary. Uh, in your case, the electric heating elements are up higher in the tank. They're not right on the bottom of the tank. There's usually almost always two heating elements, an electric water heater, one high, one low. One is heats and one maintains, and they work together they cycle back and forth together to keep the water hot and um and that's all you know kind of computer controlled um, but one thing that is important in a an electric water heater and uh, in actually any water heater if you have kind of marginal water like we just were describing a lot of material a lot of chemicals and sediment and foreign material in your in your water you want to check the anode rod now this is not something that's on the tip of most people's tongues, the anode rod is a uh, aluminum magnesium alloy rod that sticks down into the water heater and deteriorates gradually to protect the water heater tank itself. Okay, so it's called a sacrificial rod because uh, with water that's fairly salty and uh, has fairly you know good con- level of contaminants in it. You get some electrical current called galvanic action. You may remember that from high school physics that can deteriorate the water heater tank. Well, we stick an anode rod in there, and the rod itself deteriorates instead of the water heater tank. So um, it's it's helpful to have an anode rod, but it may it can disappear. It can actually actually um, you know just sacrifice itself to the point where there is no more anode rod. So you want to, in an electric water heater, if you have marginal water at your house, you probably want to unscrew that once in a while and take a look at it, see if it looks intact. It's, um, I don't know, 24 to 30 inches long and just sticks down in the tank. There's a bolt on top of the tank that will usually says anode right there. You need a big socket set uh, and a lot of um, elbow, well, a lot of oomph, uh, in your arm strength to get that thing unscrewed but you want to check it once in a while a plumber can do that for you like my buddies at uh, three amigos or you could if you're good with a pipe wrench socket set you could do it yourself but that's more of a concern with electric water heaters uh, and uh, so the draining once a year that's kind of for gas with the burners on the bottom not so much for electric water heaters because they get heated farther up in the tank okay that makes sense right Remember, with an electric water heater, too, you want to uh, wrap it with with a blanket, an insulating blanket, because it's about four to four and a half times more expensive to heat water with electricity than it is with gas. That's why we don't like heat pumps here, in spite of what Joe Biden tells us to do. We don't want heat pumps in a cold climate because natural gas is so much cheaper to uh, use to heat things, whether it's your house or your water tank. So... Um, with an elect- if you have an electric water heater, you may not have any choice. Uh, you want to wrap it with an insulating blanket. You can buy those online. You can buy them at Walmart or the home centers. They're just, they come in a big plastic bag, and it, there's a bunch of duct tape inside, and it's an encapsulated layer of fiberglass insulation uh, covered both sides with plastic. 
hence encapsulated, and just wrap it around the water heater and put some duct tape on it, and and you're and you're good to go. I was in Chris. I was in a brand new home under construction this week, and I saw an electric water heater in the basement, and I said, "Oh no! Don't tell me the builders are drinking that climate change Kool Aid." That may I don't know if it's now a requirement or if it maybe was a special request by the folks who are going to buy the house. I'm not sure, but to see an electric water heater. With, with a gas furnace in a new home you kind of wonder what's going on there um if if that's something that uh, they get some kind of tax credit for i'm gonna have to check that out but if any of you know what's going on why we'd put an electric water heater in a, a gas furnace house uh, is beyond me because those folks are going to pay a lot more to heat their water than they want to 719-473-1240 we'll be right back after this we have live email, by the way, at AroundTheHouse.com. We'll be right back. Well, I wanted to share a little testimony about Dutch's home improvement. This is Linda left a review. I love the windows and storm door. The three installers were polite, respectful, careful around my furniture. Did a good job cleaning up inside the house and in the yard when they were finished. Recommend Dutch's to anyone looking for home improvements. That Dutch's home improvement... I've been talking about them for a long time here on the on the program. They're your go-to folks for windows, siding, doors, patio covers. They carry only the best brands like Amerimax. And um, I, I want you to give them a call and they'll get just the right window for your house based on your budget and your particular situation. 719-392-1369. New energy-efficient vinyl windows from Dutch's will save you energy winter and summer. And these are the folks you need to call. They've been around over 30 years. Great commitment to customer service. And you'll leave a good review, too, for Dutch's Home Improvement. 719-392-1369. 392-1369. From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's 25 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Good to have you with us. 719-473-1240 and live email at uh, aroundthehouse.com. I want to remind you again, my buddies at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service Garage Door folks uh, have a booth at the Home Show over at the Norris Penrose Events Center right off of uh, A Street. Of course, I'm not too far from the station here, Colorado Springs. Uh, so stop by booth 225 and say uh, hello for me. Wave at them or tell them I said uh, I said hey. And you'll you'll like these guys. They're really a, a good outfit. You like the way they do their thing. Chris, did you find the hours on the home show today till seven, and then Sunday ten to five. Ten to five tomorrow. Today till seven. Okay, good. Hope they get some better weather uh, tomorrow for the show. They supposed to be a little better tomorrow. Cloudy and not so no precipitation. I think. As I looked up, do you, until late morning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Do you get a lot of colds, Chris? Not so much. Uh, on occasion, yeah. Okay. Well, reason I I wanted that's my setup for my little uh, monologue I'm going to do here, and I, I know this is not a medical show, but I had to share this because I've seen it in with myself over and over. Now, I, this isn't a harmless recommendation, but I'm going to make it anyway. I every morning I take a thousand milligrams of vitamin C. I have a couple of, I buy them at Amazon capsules. I wolf down, and ever since I've been doing that, I haven't had a cold. 
Now, I don't know if there's a correlation or not. I'll give you the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, last night and the night before, I had that feeling in my throat. You know that feeling, Chris, when you you know a cold's coming on kind of idea, a little scratchiness, and I said, oh, gee, here we go. And so gargle with Listerine, that's a big deal, I think. And uh, my, I doubled up on my vitamin C yesterday, and that's all gone now. So I just wanted to make a point. There was a guy named Linus Pauling who was a professor, Harvard Medical School guy or some something like that. I, I can't quite remember. And that was the guy that uh, had mega doses of vitamin C. That was his deal, wasn't it, Chris? Uh, this is probably... 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago. Anyway, and, you know, I'm I'm not into mega dose anything, um, except in the old days, maybe maybe a little vodka. But uh, no, that's another story. Anyway, uh, but uh, the vitamin C, I just take the 1,000 milligrams every morning, and I knock on wood. I know there's no wood in here, but I knock on Formica that I haven't had a cold since. So, you know, if, you, if you're susceptible to colds or feel one coming on, Take a, take a few thousand units of vitamin C and see what happens. I'm not sure uh, there's any kind of a scientific explanation for that, but I'm doing it anyway. So vitamin C is water-soluble. It doesn't stick around in your body. Uh, people, well, you could drink a little orange juice. Well, I guess you could. Trouble is you get too much sugar when you drink orange juice. But anyway, just thought I'd recommend that to you. It's the winter. Everybody's getting colds. And, of course, now when you get a cold, you say, oh, I'm going to do a COVID test. It's a lot more complicated than it was just a few years ago when you get a, you get a your family says, go get a COVID test and all that nonsense. Anyway, just thought I'd pass that along to, um, to I love the audience here, and I want to help them as best I can. So that's Dr. Moon's recommendation on the Around the House program, 719 473 1240. This is Joseph. There's a small box and transformer on the side of the furnace. It makes a humming sound. Is this okay? Should I have a furnace company check? This is usually, uh, almost always, the doorbell transformer. Years ago, when I'm talking 60s through the 80s, I guess, give or take, um, there was they needed somewhere to mount the doorbell transformer. And so they um, would put it on the side of the furnace because it's accessible. There's a handy place there on that box to put it on. It's a 16-volt uh, transformer that that's provides the power to ring the doorbell. Okay, so there you go. The humming transformer's hum is normal unless it sounds really loud, just a little a minor a, sort of a quiet-type hum. It'll be warm to the touch, all transformers, of course, because they're they're uh, transforming and stepping down electricity it produces a little heat so it's going to be warm not hot if it's hot or if the humming sounds like it's uh, if it's more than if it's more of a noise than it is a hum uh, then you probably want to get it replaced but here's the thing um, by the way the, so Joseph that's what's going on I think eventually this transformer will fail and your doorbell won't work uh, by the way, uh, your, yours is a convenient location. Again, in the older days, up until, as I say, around the 80s, you could stick the transformer other places, too. Sometimes they're in the attic where you can't get to them, up in the uh, attic insulation above the hallway light fixture, sometimes in the guest closet when you walk in the front door. There were all kinds of places that they would put doorbell transformers, but it's kind of old 
an old story with that AC doorbell transformer. Why not just unhook it, Joseph, get rid of it, and get a wireless doorbell? That's what I have in my house. And they're so neat, so easy and convenient, and you don't have to worry about power and the transformer failing or wiring breaking down. So you can go online and find all kinds of doorbell kits, if you will, combinations of, um, uh, you know, you can have uh, two different locations for the chimes or two or three even. Uh, The buttons, you can have two or three buttons if you want, front door, back door, side door from the the carport, that kind of thing. Very, very, they're very um, flexible uh, is, is a good word for it. And they, most of them, you can set whatever chime you want. If you want to, you know, play um, uh, some kind of chime for Happy Birthday or Christmas Carol or uh, whatever, you can do that. I just have a simple ding dong because I'm a boring guy, but that's that's all I have. But I, there's four D cell, the big old fat flashlight batteries, and and I've mine is I don't know, it's it's got to be going on seven or eight years old i've never replaced the batteries the doorbell button out front is um just a little has a little tiny uh watch battery type thing in it and it's just so handy so easy to install why have the ac transformer soaking up electricity when you don't need to so joseph what i would do um i would probably unhook this doorbell transformer go out front where the doorbell button is and pull that out, snip the wires off and put a wireless doorbell button right there in that same, right over the cover of the hole with the doorbell, wireless doorbell button and put it in the hallway. Maybe you want down, one down in the basement too. It's wireless doorbells are just the the answer and I would encourage you to do that. Get rid of all that old AC wiring. And and if you, if you, if yours is up in the attic, by now, it's probably covered with insulation. That's not a good combination. We don't like uh, transformers, which are naturally warm, to be covered because there's a chance as they break down, they can spark and arc. We don't want them covered up with insulation up there in the attic. So if you if you happen to know if your doorbell transformer is in the attic under the insulation, um, I would disconnect that also. Go with a wireless. It's just so They're just so handy and easy to install, just like wireless... You know, like I have a wireless alarm system at home, the Simply Safe alarm system. I couldn't believe how easy it was to set up and install. So wireless technology is is here to stay, and thankfully, uh, it's uh, it's a boon to all of us DIY uh, type homeowners. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty is our contact line. Don't forget the podcast of the program. This today's uh, Chris will put it up. During the hockey game, a couple hours after we go off the air, give or take, right? And Before the game tonight. Yeah, but what's that? Before the game tonight. Before the game. What time is the game? 5.30. Oh, you got plenty of time then. Okay, very good. Uh, St. Cloud State again, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the podcasts are online. You can go to roundthehouse.com, click on listen to podcasts, or go to the krdo.com slash radio site, and they go back uh, about a year and three quarters or so, segment by segment. And we appreciate your uh, downloading and enjoying the podcasts of the Around the House program and all the other hosts that are at that site. 719-473-1240. Time for a break. We'll be back right after this right here on Around the House. 
want to share a Google review, a couple of them, uh, for Three Amigos Plumbing. Tina says, the company's fantastic. I cannot speak more highly of them. They were punctual, punctual, honest, and professional. They came out for an estimate, but were able to diagnose and offer to fix the issue same day. Ken Moon referred them to me, and I'm so glad uh, he did. Thank you, Tina, for that. Michelle says, took the time to come out and f- check my issue without an appointment. They found time to come back and fix the problem. Thank you very much, Three Amigos. And you'll probably leave a good review for Three Amigos goes all when you give them a try they're veteran known local guys that are, are it's a funny it's a fun name for a professional plumbing company three amigos but very professional and uh, they just do the right thing and the point is they have honest upfront pricing no sticker shock when you get the bill from three amigos so if it's a, a clogged up sewer line need a new water heater just a drippy faucet you can't do better than three amigos plumbing Give them a call, 719-597-6763-597-6763. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give them a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. It's 11 minutes before the hour. I think I shared with you, I think, was it last week, Chris, I shared that my sprinkler system, for the first time since I've lived in the house, has frozen up. I turned the turned it on, turned the water on, turned the uh, the electrical you know the clock on, and no water came out. So uh, that was a residual of those uh, three or four weeks ago. We had those really low temperatures. Well, I haven't tried it since because Mother Nature has given me some free water, huh? Today and earlier in the week, so that's all good. We have enough precipitation just to keep the roots in your lawn from getting desiccated. We don't like roots to dry out in the winter time. Because then you get that winter kill. That's where the big brown patches in the in the spring. So I love this little gentle moisture. Uh, melting snow when it's in the mid 30s like this is just what the um, just what your lawn needs and your flower gardens, your bulbs are, that are thirsty underground, waiting to spring to life in the in the spring. So anyway, good to have a little Mother Nature moisture, and mainly because it's good for the environment and free i can't can't beat that speaking of uh, energy here's a, a something that caught my eye um a committee for uh, prosperity to steve moore's website net zero could mean net zero food if there weren't enough to worry about with all this net zero green nonsense here's another aspect of it the commissioners of agriculture of 12 states uh, like north dakota georgia alabama uh west virginia kentucky and so on have sent uh, a blistering letter to the big banks over their net zero pledges and the disastrous impact such a policy will have on agriculture and food costs. So getting uh, uh, freezing in the winter is not the only worry when it comes to this net zero uh, crazy stuff. They wrote, achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions in agriculture requires a complete overhaul of on-farm infrastructure, one of the goals of the net zero program they would have a catastrophic effect on our farmers proposed net zero roadmaps describe dramatic impractical and costly changes to american farming and ranching operations such as switching to electric machinery oh give me strength and and uh, and, and equi- electric machinery and equipment installing on-site solar panels and wind turbines moving to organic fertilizer uh, altering rice field irrigation systems and slashing U.S. ruminant meat consumption in half, costing millions of livestock jobs plus millions of steaks you you don't get to eat. So 
Um, uh, let's see. Does it go on here? I think it does for another paragraph or so. So rules designed by folks who have never been on a farm uh, are coming down the road. To make matters worse, say these agriculture commissioners, these changes will increase food costs and decrease food production at a time when global food demand is expected to rise dramatically. The green premium from low emissions ammonia alone is predicted to increase fertilizer costs up to 60% and food prices another 26%. That's all we need, right? Even according to net zero proponents like the World Economic Forum, in other words, net zero fossil fuels could mean millions of people across the planet would go hungry, suffer malnutrition, or even starve. This is some way to save the planet, right? So, yeah, and and the, and the bottom line with carbon dioxide, which we are, are it's supposed to be the boogeyman in all of this, carbon dioxide's plant food. Plants need carbon dioxide. As a matter of fact, greenhouses... Uh, owners pump carbon dioxide into the greenhouses to get their plants to green up a little uh, you know more quicker than they would and leaf out and all that so there you go just another reason why green net zero energy proposals are not well thought out they never seem to say then what when they make these little you know we're not even talking about uh, dishwashers and water heaters furnaces and all the nonsense no gas stoves and all that stuff anyway so that's thought you'd like to hear that. So another reason to worry about net zero. 719-473-1240. About a month ago, says Cliff, my water pressure increased 50%. Is this a problem? Can I adjust this myself? Well, it's not a you know, it would be like telling me your blood pressure went up 50%. Not a good not a good thing. The pressure regulator in your house may be on the fritz. Uh, it drops the high pressure. We talked about this last week. I think the high pressure in the water main out in the street uh, is um, too high for your house. So we have a pressure regulator that drops the pressure to 55 or so pounds per square inch. <clears throat> Sometimes the regulator will break, will just wear out. It gets full of grit or sand. And um, it, you need to check. You can kind of check this out uh, yourself by tweaking it, as we say. Tweak it a little bit. Uh, by turning the screw on top two or three turns to the left and two or three turns to the right, ending up back where you started. And that may loosen up things or free up the mechanism inside and your pressure may get uh, back to normal. We, I'm not sure, but that's one way uh, to test it. The pressure regulator is something you don't pay much attention to. It sits down in the basement in your utility room, wherever the, you know, maybe it's in your crawl space, wherever the water comes in from the city, there's a water meter and some valves there to turn the water off and on. And there's a pressure regulator sitting there about the size, of, I said before, about of a soda pop can that just sits there and and tweaks the pressure to get it lower so it's safer inside your house. So if you need to replace it, it's not terribly expensive to have a plumber come out and do that. You can just unscrew the, the two nuts that hold it in place and get a replacement yourself if you are handy around a pipe wrench, I'd probably call a plumber because they uh, will bring the, the correct one for your situation and uh, they'll guarantee the work and they'll adjust the pressure where it should be. So call my buddies at Three Amigos. Not a very expensive repair, but that's probably what's going on. Uh, but if you are if you have a 50% increase at your house, that's not good. That's, that's going to be the means the pressure in your house is too high. Uh, let's see what we have here five minutes before the hour what do we got what do we got what do we got oh chris yeah you just reminded me we were going to talk about ice dams and ice gutter 
issues, freezing, uh, you know, roof issues. When you get snow and then melting and snow and melting, uh, you, you can get ice dams at your house. And I don't know if you have one or not. You want to take a look. This is almost always on the north side of any given house because that's where there's no sun. And ice dams, of course, accumulate around the gutters. Uh, they can accumulate in the gutters. Uh, the gutters can freeze up. The downspouts can freeze. And ice dams can uh, affect the roof shingles, can cause leaks. And they they tend now we haven't had a really snowy winter, uh, but they tend to to not go away. So in other words, they're cumulative from one storm to the next. You have an ice dam, you get more snow, more freeze thaw, freeze thaw, and the ice dam gets bigger, fatter, and thicker, and kind of creeps up the roof. So you really need to watch out for this. One answer, the kind of macro answer here, is attic ventilation. What we find is that. The warmer the attic, the more propensity to form roof dams for obvious reasons because the snow sits there and melts and refreezes, melts and refreezes. And uh, so that's why you see in cold parts of the country like, oh, I don't know, Minnesota, Michigan, places, Wisconsin, North Dakota, places like that, you'll see a lot of roof vents uh, uh, and ridge vents. Ridge vents sit on the peak of the roof. They're very efficient. They get the attic cooled down. We want a cool attic uh, instead of a warm attic, and that's why there's a lot of ventilation. Just to keep that attic cold, it d- discourages the formation of uh, of ice dams. So, again, you're going to have it on the north side of the house, and you, if you have gutter covers, gutter screens and covers, you're more likely to have ice dams because they tend to accumulate more snow and form the ice dam quicker. So you might want to get some heat cable up there. You can zigzag it along the bottom of the roof. You can lay the heat cable in the gutters, down the downspouts, and leave it plugged in because it only comes on when it gets cold to get ahead of the game on ice dams. But if you have them, don't ignore them. You can take a look. You can get a stepladder and just peek up there on the north side of the house. If you have an ice dam, it's best to get rid of it as, as quickly as you can and heat cable is the way to to do that. 719-473-1240. That's hour one. We'll have part two of Around the House right after this. Uh, break for the news. Stick around. Give us a call. 719-473-1240. And live email at aroundthehouse.com. Welcome back to the program. It's six minutes after the hour on the Around the House program. Who said, oh, my sister sent this list to me. It's kind of silly stuff I'll share with you. Um, My sister Patty lives in Kansas City. More about that in a minute because of the Super Bowl. One day a man came home and was greeted by his wife dressed in a very sexy nightgown. Tie me up, she purred, and you can do anything you want. So he tied her up and went golfing. A woman came home screeching her her car into the driveway, ran into the house. She slammed the door and shouted at the top of her lungs, Honey, pack pack your bags. I won the lottery. Husband said, Oh, my God, what should I pack? Beach stuff? uh, Mountain stuff? Doesn't matter, she said. Just get out. You saw that coming, right, Chris? 
Marriage is a relationship in which one person is always right and the other is a husband. <laughs> this one is pretty cute. It's, I wish this is more visual than anything. Um, let's see here. A Polish immigrant went to the DMV to apply for a driver's license. First, of course, he had to take an eye test. The optician showed him a card with the letters C-Z-W-I-X-N-O-S-T-A-C-Z. Can you read this? The optician asked. Read it, the Polish guy replied. I know the guy. Isn't that beautiful? Anyway, let's see. Any more of these? That. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty cute. 51 years ago, Herman James, the North Carolina mountain man, was drafted by the Army. On his first day in basic training, the Army issued him a comb. That afternoon, the Army barber sheared off all his hair. On his second day, the Army issued Herman a toothbrush. That afternoon, the Army dentist yanked seven of his teeth out. On the third day, the Army issued him a supporter. The Army hasn't seen Sir Herman for 51 years. Never seen him since. You got that one, Chris? Anyway. Okay. Uh, let's see. Any more of those? Uh, uh, that may be it. Uh, that's a cute little list. Um, 719-473-1240. Yeah. Uh, actually, the the version Patty sent me said jockstrap, and I scratched it out. This is probably uh, several years ago and wrote in supporter, but we know where we, 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 we get it, right? Anyway, thought you might enjoy that list. Super Bowl. My sister lives in Kansas City and has a big family there. And, of course, uh, we're out here, and I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, at least for this game. And Chris has heard this story. The quarterback for the 49ers, Brock Purdy, was a close friend of my grandson's. They played football together at Perry High School in Chandler, Arizona. They were locker mates and all that. Uh, And uh, Andrew is on the defensive side of the ball. And, of course, Brock Purdy's a great quarterback. And we'll see how great he is on a week from Sunday, won't we, Chris? Anyway, he did a nice job. Last week it was, Chris, I'd love your comment. It's like two different games, wasn't it, last week? First half and second half, like two different teams came out there. What'd you make, what'd you make of that, that kind of schizophrenia? Well, you know, it's a situation where, you know, maybe Detroit got a little overconfident there, especially when, you know, for Dan Campbell, who's uh, more aggressive on fourth downs and stuff like that, and that didn't work out there. Two of those uh, were busts, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think so? They got ahead by what seventeen points, or whatever it was, uh, at the halftime, and just kind of let down a little bit, huh? And I think San Francisco. My daughter-in-law, who knows the Purdy family in Arizona, she said Forty uh, ers came out. They were angry, kind of thing. Is that? Yeah. 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 They weren't. Yeah, that, gonna- was, that was probably the case there. You know. I mean, it's- not used to having that type of uh, deficit, especially at home. 27 unanswered points the 49ers put up, which is, I, I heard, tied for an NFC uh, game uh, championship game record, something like that. Anyway, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Chris was saying the line went down to one point this week, so it's basically a pick em game. Uh, Chris wisely points out that Mahomes has been there, done that, right? Mm-hmm. That, so that's going to give him a little edge mm-hmm. psychologically, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers have a lot of weapons, boy. They're, 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 it, should be, it should be a wonderful, wonderful game. Uh, whether it's high scoring or not just depends on which defenses show up. But anyway, I'm going to have to do a lot of friendly wagering with my Kansas City uh, family back there. Of course, they just they live and die for the Chiefs. They're a little tired of Taylor Swift. 
it's not Taylor Swift's fault. She just shows up to support her boyfriend, but uh, they're, they're not as thrilled as uh, a lot of people I've talked to. Every, you know, quit cutting to show her uh, the network's cut away to her, and she's enjoying the game. But anyway, it's going to be good. She's going to apparently fly from Japan to see the game. Yeah. Anyway, 4.30 Mountain Time next Sunday, right? Yep. 719-473-1240. Stan says in an email, I have knocked down texture in my ceiling. I bought one of those cans of spray texture to fix it. Um, Apparently he has a, a hole or something, some kind of blemish. How can I make it match? Well, this is one of those uh, touch and go kind of things. Texturing uh, is an art, not a science. You got to just know what you're doing and have done it before. So you're going to need an old surface, uh, an old door, a piece of plywood, piece of sheetrock, something uh, to spray on the texture first. You'll have to decide how far away the can is, how much you sweep it back and forth. You'll have to get a feel for this. Wait about 10 minutes after you spray the texture on and wipe it down with a wide blade putty knife or a wallpaper blade uh, that you, an edging blade that you use for with a, you know, cut paper with a razor blade. Um, you'll have to decide. And there's a lot of variables here, Stan. I I hope you're not going to get discouraged. You might want to buy two cans of spray texture, one to practice with and one to use on your blemish. But you're going to have to decide which nozzle, how far away, how far you, how quickly you sweep back and forth, how long you. <laughs> Gosh, it seems running, not running out of variables at all. How long you wait before you knock it down and those kinds of things. Uh, you'll get it close. And once you paint the whole area, it'll blend in. But, you know, it's one of those things that nobody will notice except you. But you're going to have to just kind of practice uh, and uh, you'll, you'll get it. Now, if it's a big, it doesn't say on your email how big the blemish is. If it's a little small hole, uh, you know, inch or two or three fine if it's a big area in the ceiling you it's would be better to probably hire a professional company company to come um uh to come and, and texture it and retail because they'll match it up pretty much right spot on but if it's just a small area a small couple of holes where a a, a molly was a you know, plant hanger that kind of thing then that's fine but uh, i'll leave it up to you but it's yeah you just have to kind of practice till you get it right knockdown texture of course is uh, unlike splatter texture, which was all the rage back in the 70s, where you just blow the material on the wall and walk away from it. Uh, knockdown texture, of course, is is a little f- more subtle. It's flatter uh, and um, uh, it, it's, it's smoother. Uh, and you wipe it down so there's just a little hint of a texture on the wall and then you, then you paint. So uh, some people, uh, there's another name called orange peel, uh, that's another variation of knockdown texture, but you can find um, uh, guidebooks, you know, YouTube videos, and those kinds of things to figure out how to get that done. But it's going to be a chore for you to get it to match, uh, but you'll get it close enough that, as I say, uh, most of these repair jobs, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, decorating, uh, you know, uh, woodwork, painting, caulking, drywall repair work. Uh, you can get it close enough so it kind of blends in. Even if it's not perfect, only you know that it's not perfect, and you just sort of, sort of walk by and ignore it, but get it as close as you can. It's 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 you know it's cheaper than uh, doing it yourself. Cheaper than of course hiring it done. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. Time for a 
Uh, quick break here. We'll be back with uh, your phone calls and some more of this week's email right after this on Around the House. Three Amigos Plumbing. You know, it's a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. I want you to give them a call. The thing about Three Amigos is, by the way, it's veteran-owned local guys, and they're they're great guys. The thing I want you to remember, unlike a lot of companies, no sticker shock when you get the bill from Three Amigos. They want you as a long-term customer because you'll refer, uh, refer them to your friends and your relatives and so on. So, no surprises when you get the bill of Three Amigos. Best prices in town on Ream and Bradford White water heaters are my favorite brands. And if you live in an older house, you may have sewer issues. You need to get it checked out. They'll do a free TV camera, fiber optic TV camera look at your sewer line when you have them clean it out. So avoid uh, plug-ups in an older house. Call Three Amigos Plumbing. 719-597-6763. 597-6763. Drippy faucet or new water heater, whatever, give them a call. No sticker shock. Three Amigos Plumbing. 719-597-6763. Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back to the program. It's twenty coming up to 20 minutes uh, after the hour. Uh, we're glad you're with us. Don't forget the podcasts of the program are available online. Uh, actually, going back to uh, July of 2022, right, Chris? Yeah. And actually, my Denver-based show, uh, you can find them at Apple Podcasts going back to 2015 or 16. I can't remember. So there's like 400 of them. They're older shows. But the most recent shows, krdo.com slash radio, or go to my website, aroundthehouse.com, and click on Listen to Podcasts. And um, we'd love it if you do that. We get a lot of great downloads uh, every month. So we're so grateful where you're patronizing, if you will, patronizing the, no, not patronizing, patronizing the podcast. We're glad you, you check them out and download them segment by segment right there uh, online. Uh, let's see here. Cecil, what's the recommended humidity for homes in our area? Most folks set their humidifier control, uh, at least I say most folks, this is what I set mine to, 40%. That's a good target. You'll probably never get there. Uh, our ambient humidity outside so low here that you're never going to make it. But you know, you'll get you'll get in the low 30s to maybe 35 percent once uh, once in a while with your uh, with your humidifier. Uh, it, it just it, they just work really hard, but they just can't keep up. Once you open a you know garage door and a, a kids come in and out the front door, uh, that humidity will kind of escape and it does leak into the attic gradually. There's some transpiration of water vapor. So you can't really keep it uh, as humid as you might in other parts uh, of the country. But 40% is a good target. If you want the humidity to be higher than it uh, than it is now, you might think about running your furnace fan all the time. This is a trick that we've talked before on the program. Most of you have a a thermostat, if it's an air conditioning thermostat, it'll have a little fan switch on it. It says auto and on. Auto, of course, means that the blower comes on and off as the as the heat comes on and off. On means it's on all the time, continuously. So um, uh, if you want extra humidity in your house, uh, when the blower runs, the humidifier is running, 
So you can turn that to on, and it will keep the blower running. It wastes a little electricity, I grant grant you, but if you want higher humidity, that's the way to get it. Now, another uh, variation of that is the April Air, uh, is what I have in my house. I have the Model 600. I'm not sure if that's the current model or not. I think it is. It's the... Um, it's the one that has the little computer inside. The way it's wired is the humidifier actually takes charge of the furnace blower. Uh, just be, you just re uh, rejigger the wiring uh, so that the the uh, blower switch, if you will, the blower relay is controlled by the humidifier. And that way, when the humidifier senses low humidity, it'll turn the blower on, regardless of whether the heat is being called for or not. So that's a good. Good way to, uh, to to have this automatically instead of having to turn your switch to the always on position. Just get one of those Model 600s. You can fool with it a little bit and change. There's a rheostat um, wherever wherever the humidity. It comes with a humidity control, and you put that on one of your furnace ducts or the plenum, the sheet metal around the furnace, and you'll have access to that dial. You can turn it up, turn it down based on what the humidity is in your house. How do you know what it is? Well, you can get a humidity gauge. Uh, They're inexpensive. Uh, Usually they come a combination of thermometer and humidity gauge uh, that uh, will measure the indoor, if you want, and outdoor. I have one at my house that measures the outdoor and indoor humidity. On a day like today, Chris, it'll probably read 70%, something like that. Inside, it it might be up in in maybe close to 40%. Anyway, so you can tell what the relative humidity is in your house by having one of those gauges. Uh, you can check it out. But that that's a good way to get extra humidity in your house, which is good for you, uh, your nasal passages, your uh, furniture, your woodwork, uh, your plants. Higher humidity than we have in the Rocky Mountains uh, is good, up to a point. I come from a real high humidity part of the country in New England, and um, it, sometimes it's a little too much, you know, that... Um, it's dry here. I'd rather have dry than than wet, but in the winter it gets my, I don't know about you, do your fingers crack? Mine crack and bleed and... Um, yeah, on occasion. Yeah, I just can't keep up with it. When, and it really hurt. It's on your fingertips where all those nerves are. So, yeah, that's, uh, I use, um, what do I use at home? Luberderm. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. But um, I'll tell you another good one is Eucerin, E-U-C-E-R-I-N. We talked about this, didn't we? Um, Eucerin uh, is an excellent um, uh, excellent hand cream. Anyway, yeah, higher humidity is good, higher than we have it here. Generally, the humidity on, on those cold, crisp, blue sky winter days can be down in the teens or below. So you want to get a little extra humidity in your house, get that April Air Model 600 humidifier like I have. It's really, I really enjoy, enjoy it. It's foolproof. You don't have to think about it yourself. Humidifier just does the work for you. 719-473-1240 and live email at aroundthehouse.com. Marty says, I would like to faux paint my concrete floor in the basement. Can I use regular latex paint or do I need special masonry uh, paint? Um, Again, we're back to, we talked about this in the last hour. Preparation is a big deal. Um, you want to get rid of all the grease spots, any kind of stain type spots on the floor uh, before you do anything. Um, you can use that kitty litter mineral spirits trick that we do out in the driveway. Uh, you can uh, power wash if the basement 
um, is wide open and the splashing isn't going to hurt anything. You can power wash down there, scrub it with a strong detergent and a stiff bristled broom. Anything that it will take to get all of the pollution, dust, dirt, stains off that basement floor. That's a big uh, a big deal. You want it to be um, as close to virgin as possible, like when it was first poured. Uh, then, again, we're back to our primer. The uh, uh, Kills K-I-L-Z, is, is a good one that's very famous. There's a Bullseye one two three primer that's also that has the same characteristics as Kills. It does dry a little quicker. That's why I like it. Bullseye one two three by Zinzer. Uh, these have a shellac component in them. <clears throat> They'll seal the floor. Uh, if you this, we use this when we have like cat pee odors, dog doggy odors on concrete or wood floors. It's a primer sealer. Uh, once you do that, you can faux paint to your heart's content with regular Intex uh, uh, interior latex paint, um, and you can you can put designs in it with different colors. Just have a ball doing that, and of course, you want to uh, apply a an acrylic clear sealer coat when you're done. If they come in various sheens and glosses, um, that uh, you know, it depends how shiny you want the floor. But but this again, here we go again. Uh, clean prime seal with the kills or bullseye, then the latex interior paint, and then the sh- the shiny coat, and you'll have a nice looking floor down there, and it may easy to maintain, and a floor that you can um, you can touch up anytime you want right okay and let's see what else do we have here we got a quickie before we go to our um bottom of the hour break oh yeah here's a quick one from neil the grout in the new tile in our master bathroom is turning dark around the the toilet could this be a leak we don't see any water it could be and i don't like the sound of this neil uh there could be a leak you can't see underneath the toilet those are the worst kinds so you need to have um pull that toilet they may have reused the old wax ring under there um or maybe the thicker new tile in your bathroom required maybe a second wax ring we're not we're not sure but in any case there looks like there's water coming out from under the base of the toilet so you need to take a look at this sooner rather than later because we don't want water to get on the plywood or whatever osb whatever kind of flooring you have because it'll swell it up and 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 it, it, you'll have to replace it it's going to be just the longer this goes on the bigger the repair is going to be so pull that you know i hope you got another toilet up there to use pull that toilet if the floor is wet underneath let it dry out for a few days before you reinstall um the uh, the toilet and this is a classic case of not being aware of what's going on soon enough that's why we when we install a toilet you you don't want to caulk all the way around the toilet you want to leave the back open with no caulking so that leak will telegraph itself quicker um so the back being open if there's a leak under there you'll see it uh, quicker uh, so you can make the repair if you caulk all the way around the toilet sometimes and that may have been the case here the only way you know about it is because you see the discoloration of the grout in the tile so take a look at this there are some new wax rings by the Fluid Master people that aren't wax at all. They're rubber, uh, rubber uh, rings uh, uh, that can replace the old wax rings. These are these are. Uh, I've had a couple of listeners say they really are easy to install, uh, and they did a nice job. So we now have a rubber replacement. 
for the traditional wax rings. But if you have a, if, if the tile, in this case, if the tile is a little on the high side, and that's what's going on here, maybe it would be best to put one wax ring on top of another in this case. But generally speaking, these new rubber uh, substitutes for traditional wax rings apparently work pretty well. So I'll leave that leave that up to you. 719-473-1240. We'll be right back right here on Around the House. Give us a call. Live email at aroundthehouse.com. My friends at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, the garage door people are at the home show this weekend, Penrose Event Center, booth 225. Stop by and say hello. Uh, they'll be there till 7 tonight and tomorrow, 10 to 5. Garage doors don't have to be boring. You can stop by the Wayne Dalton Sales and Service showroom, 1847 South Murray, and see these great new wood grain impression plank doors, traditional or modern styles, contemporary styles that are nice looking. It'll, it'll really spiff up the front street view of your house a new door from wayne dalton sales and service they're on sale right now 150 off a double 75 off a single and they carry the genie openers to that door side opener which eliminates all the ugly hardware for your garage door opener wayne dalton sales and service 1847 south murray right off fountain or call 719-382-9227 or stop by and see them at the norris penrose event center home show Booth 225 this weekend. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. 24 minutes before the hour on the Around the House uh, program. Chris had a follow-up question, and we talked about ice dams about a half hour ago. Yes, so, yeah. uh, this was our topic for the week on uh, gutters and ice dams. You know, uh, obviously with the weather currently outside, is there a way to prevent ice dams from forming as this storm comes into the area? Well, it's a little late now for this storm, but yeah, if you put heat cable up there during the good weather, if you if you if ice dams have been an issue. You can put the heat cable up there as a preventative measure. Just plug it in. Generally, this heat cable or heat tape, some people call it, uh, will turn on automatically when it gets 37 or below. So it stays ahead. As the snow accumulates, it doesn't allow it to build up. It melts it as it as it hits the roof. So that's a, it's a good idea, to, that heat cable, if you've been plagued by ice dams, to just put that in. Uh, to prevent it from building up in the first place. Once it's in, in place, if it stays cold, it's hard to get rid of it. It just has to melt kind of naturally, which since these we're talking typically here about the non-sunny side of the house, sometimes you got to wait and wait and wait till the ambient temperature stays in the 40s or above for several days, uh, that kind of thing. But yeah, heat cable is a big deal, I think, ahead of time. Yeah, I was just thinking of something else, you know, are some roofs susceptible to ice dams more if they've got like solar panels on the house where there's uh, larger gaps that are around the you know uh, the tiles I, and stuff? Chris I'm I'm not sure, I haven't heard a correlation it's generally down where the water drains uh, now you raise a good point here the solar panels have of course little stanchions or brackets where they hook to the roof now whether or not they can let snow accumulate and get ice dams in those areas i'm not sure they're fairly small i think it's more of a problem at the gutter line than any any place else i guess uh i as a general rule i think that's that's the case um 
Yeah, but the, the, the solar panels, uh, you know, um, that's a, you know, darn it, you asked a good question. Now I got to do a bunch of research. Okay. I'll have to correlate that. Solar panels and ice dams, I've just never given it a thought. Solar well, panels. I mean, I mean, especially yeah. on the upper part of the, yeah, uh, yeah. Upper part of the, uh, the panels and stuff. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'll do a little homework assignment from Chris Moyer for, uh, for next week. How's that? That's, that is a good question, though. Hadn't really thought much about it. I'm not a solar panel fan, as you know. We've talked about that endlessly here on the on the program. But that's a great question. That's, that's a good one. Remind me when we get off the air. I'll make a note of that. Would you please? 719-473-1240. I want to remind you. I I posted a a video, a link to a video on my website that I'd love to have you check out. It's a very straightforward. If you have particularly with teenagers, anybody that's kind of a global warming. Um, worry wart you want to show this to it's called physics uh i'm sorry it's called energy density why physics matters and uh it, it describes uh energy density being um kind of the key to making our way through this global warming and green and net zero minefield electricity in our culture is life electricity means life or death in terms of our water supply or food supply and you know heating in, in the wintertime that kind of thing and so uh we we need to be very careful about not running out of electricity the, the vulnerability of our electric grid and all that so this talks about uh, how foolish we are to spend all of this time attention and money on solar panels and windmills when they're very undense very dilute when it comes to providing electricity it's a six minute video very straightforward i think you uh, you'll find it very uh, very illuminating to use a pun on talking about electricity so go to my website aroundthehouse.com uh, and it's uh, under show stuff and it, it says uh, energy density you'll you'll see the video right there just click on a six minute video very well produced very straightforward and very illuminating i think you'll like it a lot 719473 one two four zero. Uh, this is from Sally. I have a low spot in my garage, which has been okay up till this year. The snow now melts off my car. I made a big, big puddle. How can I fix this? Um, well, th- th- that's a pretty good question for this time of year. Absolutely. The only surefire way, of course, is to rip out the garage floor and replace it and re-slope it. But that's pretty expensive and pretty disruptive. Um, why not <clears throat> try to capture the water under your car? Generally speaking, this will be enough when you come home. I mean, when, when I, uh, my garage floor doesn't, uh, it hasn't got much of a slope to it. It's a little bit, it's more flat than anything. So when I come home uh, after, you know, the middle of a snowstorm or when I've been out and about in snowy, slushy streets, I take a second in the driveway I got a broom, and I just get the worst of the snow clods uh, off of my fenders and my bumpers, and sweep the the hood and the top of the car with a with a broom I have handy there. Because you don't want, you know, why bring in extra precipitation if you don't have to have to? But Sally, for your issue, you could install uh, a heavy duty car mat under the car to capture this water and let it evaporate. You can find these. Uh, at home centers and online, it's kind of if you picture a big cookie uh, cookie sheet with raised edges. It's a, it's a heavy duty 
a, a plastic polymer plastic you drive up on and the raised edges capture the drips from the car and it, it, it i don't know they cost i don't know two or three hundred dollars uh for a two-car size but it's chicken feed compared to the cost of replacing your garage floor so a garage mat make sure it's as heavy duty as possible at least 50 mils thick uh, uh for sure um uh, and they work pretty well apparently if you don't overload them you know after the storm is gone and the car is out of the garage and it's a nice sunny day if there's a lot of water in that cookie sheet or in that car mat you want, might want to sweep it with a a push broom out into the driveway but you get the idea it captures that water so it doesn't puddle up near your house so go ahead what's the normal pitch on the base of the uh, garage floor you know uh, it's probably about a half inch per foot uh chris that's in my head but um i da, 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 da. no it's not that much probably about a quarter inch per foot from the house all the way to the, the garage i'm gonna another i'm gonna look that up also i think yeah because the garage door is about 20 feet deep so a quarter inch per foot would be a four or five inch fall from the one side of the garage to another that would be plenty but the point is if it has a constant slope towards the garage door even if it's a very minimal slope it'll tend to just sheet that water out the problem is as the floor as the house ages the floor will move up and down and shift and sometimes it'll apparently what happened with sally it'll pitch towards the house so you get that puddle on the house side which is the wrong the wrong side uh put down a quarter inch per foot till i can look that up now another homework assignment anyway um they there's a standard slope and i just can't remember uh what it is another stopgap that you i've seen people use i remember if I've, I've used a variation of this myself if the if the puddling is on the house side of the garage that is from the front of your car in towards the house but the rest of the garage floor slopes okay you can you can glue a two by four like a bumper you could wherever the tires wherever you want the tires to stop take a piece of two by four and you can glue it to the concrete floor yep so it the car will stop against the two by fours but they will capture that water so it doesn't flow towards the low spot in the in the in the garage that's another way to do that you there's a, a construction adhesive called pl 400 which is a polyurethane uh mastic or glue that you can actually glue two by fours right down to that concrete uh floor and uh that works pretty well it capture the water and give you a convenient bumper stop uh when you come in the garage anyway so there you go just another another way to to handle that 719-473-1240 and we'll be right back right after this on around the house i saw a review online here for dutch's home improvement dutch's is from mike replaced six windows in our home they left our home beautiful and without flaws workmanship is impeccable no gobs of caulking around or or ugly metal boxing or trim just perfect fitting windows that look like they're original i only wish we could have would have started with dutch's home improvement thank you mike for that dutch's home improvement been around over 30 years now they're your go-to company for uh windows uh patio covers doors exterior siding uh you want to uh, call dutch's 392-1369 
They're fully licensed and insured, of course. They have the best installers in town and great brands of windows like a Merrimax. Very uh, energy efficient, of course, windows in all kinds of price ranges just to fit your budget. So when it comes to new windows, doors, patio covers, siding, you can't do better, as Mike indicated, than calling Dutch's Home Improvement. Dutch'sHomeImprovement.com or 719-392-1369. Got a fix-it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. All right, uh, I've got one of Chris's homework assignments out of the way here. (laughs) Garage floor requires a slope for drainage, of course, so water won't pool. A quarter inch per foot is typical. But if you do a good, tight, uh, finished job, uh, three-sixteenths might be okay. Um, The the minimum uh, recommended from front to back, that is from the house side of the garage slab to the garage door, is about two inches uh, or a little more. So an eighth inch to a quarter inch is about right quarter. I see – I've looked at several sources here, and that's what I kind of thought when I – when this came up a minute ago, I think a quarter inch is about uh, is about right. Uh, that would give you a four or five inch fall. Um, if you want a, a little less than that, that's fine also. But the main thing is it's got to drain. And you can rest assured that over time that slope will kind of flatten out, no doubt about it. Um, this is, let's see here, what do we got here? Uh, Mike says, this is an interesting question. I want to add a closet in a basement room to make another bedroom in my house. Do I need a permit? House is about 50 years old, going on 50 years old. Technically, no. If you're just adding a couple of non-load-bearing walls and a door, then that's not a big deal. Uh, With an older house like that, I'll bet the windows are too small. You know, we have rules now uh, about egress windows. These are the windows that are big enough for firemen, firefighters to get in, kids to get out that kind of thing emergency escape in the old days we must not have loved our kids because we didn't pay attention to these egress requirements um so if you're turning what now is a hobby room into a bedroom well i'll leave it up to you mike and and let your uh kind of your scruples be your guide here if you're going to have a bedroom down there you really ought to put an egress window in uh, you can hire companies that will come and actually literally saw the foundation to make a roughly the w- egress windows are about uh, three and a half, four feet by four feet, that kind of thing, and a bigger, deeper window well. Um, so that's that's the technical, the code answer. If you're turning a, a regular room into a basement bedroom, you really should have a way to escape from that room. Now, if you the rule is if you've got more than one bedroom in an older house like this the city will generally let you get away with one egress window somewhere in the basement to serve maybe a couple a couple of bedrooms um a company that will install a egress sized window in an existing foundation is going to want probably four or five thousand bucks at least for that it's a little messy a little disruptive but that'll that'll get you off the hook when you sell the house uh the home inspector will notice that Otherwise, it's considered a defect. In older homes, most home inspectors, including me, will point out you've got bedrooms in the basement. We've got old, smaller windows, which were legal at the time. So they're kind of grandfathered in. But if there's evidence you've put in a new bedroom in an existing basement, then it'll be called out as sort of a defect. So the city 
bottom line would want to know from a bedroom standpoint from a from a from a technical standpoint just adding a couple of short non-load bearing walls and a door that's not a big deal so that you get into this egress thing if you can't afford uh, to put a whole new window system in there are some things that you can do to make a basement bedroom safer especially if kids sleep down there you can put a, a extra smoke alarms both in the bedroom and outside the bedroom you can put a couple of fire extinguishers down uh, in the basement and from an escape standpoint i've seen people do this you can buy a dresser uh, and bolt it or glue it to the wall under the center and under that window and this will provide a step for an emergency escape uh you can uh then somebody that the rule of uh, in the building codes is you have to have two ways out of a bedroom, either up the basement stairs, which is one way, or out the window. Uh, the same with windows above the second story. you got to have a way down the main stairs, or if the stairs are on fire, you get out a window and jump on the porch and that kind of thing. So two ways out of every bedroom. So if you had a permanently installed piece of furniture under the basement bedroom window, uh, then, uh, then you've kind of fulfilled that uh, requirement. Not technically... But I think uh, fr- from a practical standpoint, you fulfill that requirement. Smoke, uh, uh, extin- fire extinguishers down there are a big deal. Uh, you might even want to put in an alarm system, a fire alarm system and smoke detector that would call the fire department, that, that kind of thing with your alarm company. So we get kind of in the weeds on these things. It's so f- interesting. Back w- when I started building houses in the 70s, we didn't pay attention to egress windows. We just put these small kind of, you've seen them, Chris, the upper kind of narrow basement windows on top of the foundation. They were probably about, oh, 18 inches tall and and uh, three feet wide, something, yeah, maybe, maybe 20, 24 inches tall. Um, they would not qualify today. The fire department people have gotten in on this act, and what their standard is, we want a firefighter to be able to go in that bedroom at a basement and rescue somebody with a full tank on backpack on and so on so they got involved and that's where this egress window requirements came from you know i don't know we've become a nation of worry warts oh you'll put your eye out kind of nation uh, in those days uh, there were still basement fires bedroom fires but we took calculated risks i guess that in many instances we're not willing uh, to take uh, those risks today so i'll let you sort all that out we become sort of a risk averse society in so many ways haven't we 719 uh, so that is a long answer to a short question sorry about that uh let's see here um what do we got real quick here roseanne says our basement is okay but the dirt and the walls and the crawl space are wet in fact there are uh, some muddy areas the sump pump can't get to um well this may be a matter of a leaky pipe you know this time of year there isn't a lot of rain water around and so it, you may have some kind of a leak going on that you're not aware of in a water pipe so you might check that out you want to get you know of course there is melting snow and moisture a little bit this time of year and if that's coming into the crawl space then you need to probably wait until spring but get that soil sloped outside the house away from the house get the downspouts downspouts are the number one culprit when it comes to water issues 
about 80% of the water that <clears throat> that affects your house that falls on the house, of course, goes out through the downspouts. That's where the culprits are in terms of drainage issues, basement water issues, crawl space, wet crawl space issues. So you want to dry this out as best you can. Uh, once you find the source of the water, if it's, if, there, if it's a water pipe, of course, that's an easy repair. And that would kind of be my suspicion, <coughs> excuse me, this time of year. So you want to check that out as, as first, uh, as a first uh, check, uh, check your list off water pipe, yes or no. So you want to make sure uh, you have a plumber check that out or check it out uh, yourself. Okay. Uh, let's see. And then your drainage outside, even this time of year when there's melting snow, you could get uh, extension, those black flex pipe extension pipes uh, on your downspouts to get that water away from the foundation. It's a big deal. Don't forget my friends at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service Garage Door People. They're at the home show today till 7, tomorrow 10 to 5 at the Norris Penrose Event Center. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Say hello for me when you stop by. We'll see you next time. Chris Moyer, thanks as always for your help in the control room and a good job as always. The podcast will be up within an hour or two of today's uh, program. God bless. Have a wonderful week. And uh, during the week, aroundthehouse.com, if you want to email me, see you next time. Same time, same station, right here on Around the House.